Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I'm really excited today. Um, I wanted to just share for a couple of minutes uh, with you, I, I want us to recite our mission statement. I, you know, I know we talked about it last week, but I think it's good to just remember the purpose that God has called Life Fellowship into existence and what He's called us to do. So, will you join me in reciting our mission statement? It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And then our vision or the outcome is that we become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So a couple of weeks ago, I began this new series called Live It. And uh, let, let's, let's look at what live it means. It means to live out what we say we believe. Or shut up, because nobody wants to hear it. They want to see somebody live this thing out. Amen? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, this, I wanted to, I felt like the Lord was leading me to start this series, Live It. And I, I started to call it Becoming Mature Believers, but live it is such a resident word with us, and we know what that means. But uh, I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to go through the book of James, and uh, because I love the book of James. Uh, James encourages us and strengthens us to become mature believers. And this morning, I want to talk a, a little bit about how we apply that. And our core scripture for this series is found in James one twenty two. But don't just listen to God's word, period. You must do what it says, period. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself, period. <laughs> so I love James because I think he challenges us to live it. And uh, um, so anyway, we have some very, very special guests with us here this morning. And uh, I wanted to first introduce uh, Sister Marva. Uh, would, um, let me grab a mic. Uh, what did I do with that mic? Here, here, we'll grab this one. This is Sister Marva, and uh, she's, uh, she and her husband, Pastor Don, are here from Corpus Christi. They have been our pastors for a number of years, and uh, I was wondering if you would just greet the people, and it, maybe you have something you want to share with us this morning. I'll make it short. Okay. <laughs> she's not good a morning. pastor. Uh, she, no, she is a pastor. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to be here. And it feels so good in here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Lord is in this place. Amen. He's doing a work in this place. And I encourage, I mostly minister to women, but I do speak to everybody everywhere when I go to preach. I encourage everyone to never underestimate the power of God in you. Mm. There's an anointing in your smile in your handshake, in your God bless you. And just know that small things really can open very big doors. I would say that to the women at my church and my husband would just about never, never underestimating the power of God in you. And my husband would laugh when I would say that, when I would tell the ladies, hey, there's an anointing in your smile. <laughs> then he read the book. I mean the Bible. <laughs> when uh, Mary went to visit Elizabeth, because she was expecting Jesus, yes. 
And when she opened her mouth and she spoke, John, inside of Elizabeth, leapt. Mm -hmm. Because of the living Christ that was already in her. And I'm telling you, sometimes your smile may be the only smile that person sees that day. Your God bless you may be the only one that they ever hear. Your embrace may be the first hug that that widow has had in 20 years. Mm. Never underestimate the power of God in you. And this is something that I've had to learn. I, I was saved when I was 12 years old. I was blessed to go up in a Christian home. One of the loveliest members that, uh, memories that I have of my dad, and I have a bunch of them because I was blessed to be raised by a Christian man, was going into his bedroom at night and finding him, going in there to talk to him and finding him on his knees. Mm -hmm. He was the one that taught me to pray. It was my daddy. Yeah. Guys, you are important. You may not be able to quote the Bible from beginning to end, but what God has done in you is an eternal work. And if you have a child, you have a calling. Be dad. Mm -hmm. I can stop right there. Okay. <laughs> right there. That's good because okay. you're, you're preaching good. Another thing I've learned, let me tell you another thing I've learned is when things start going crazy around me, I'd be looking for God. <laughs> <laughs> because Amen. I know this, though he's silent, honey, he's never absent. Amen. Because he's promised that he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And the word teaches me that God is not slack, relaxed slow about his promises so just know that he's coming when he's through with it and he's through working in you just know he's gonna come and there's not gonna be any doubt who straightened the mess out amen amen, amen. bless you love you and amen feels good in here amen thank you sister marva uh noe could you guys move the table in place uh i just want to uh thank you uh, Sister Marva, uh, Pastor Don and, and uh, Sister Marva have been very influential in our lives. They were our pastors in Corpus Christi, and they still are. Uh, they're people that we've come to love, and uh, they have been wonderful pastors and mentors and teachers to us, and, and great examples. And uh, uh, this morning, I wanted to do something a little bit different. I know that uh, I mean, you hear me preach and teach 50-plus times a year, and, uh, but it's not very often that we get to have uh, somebody like Pastor Don in our midst. And I wanted to just take a little bit of time and spend with him and have him share from his heart and uh, just talk to us a little bit about spiritual maturity because the Lord has opened up doors for them that are amazing, uh, opened up doors for uh, traveling and ministry all over the globe. And uh, so, would you please uh, join me in welcoming uh, Pastor Don Lavelle. If you'll sit here. Yes, sir. I think he wants me on this here side, you go. on the right side. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, well, pa well, Pastor Don, thank you. Thank you so very much for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, he's kind of taking some vacation and a little bit of a break, and so I didn't want to impose on him too much, but I thought it was we just couldn't miss this opportunity 
to have you share your heart with us a little bit. And this is, uh, and in fact, I was I was talking about you last week. Uh, I didn't mention you by name, but I talked about there are some people that I know that move powerfully in the Lord, powerfully, and uh, you are certainly one of those those people. And uh, uh, you know, I've 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 walked with this this man for a long time. He's my pastor. He's my mentor. Uh, but you know what's even more important than that? He's a friend. Yes, sir. And uh, we, we've had some, uh, we've laughed together, we've cried together. We've had some come to Jesus meetings <laughs> that I needed. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, that, that's part of this real relationship. And as we were worshiping today, uh, my heart is so full of love. For, for the Lord and for you guys, I was just thinking about how much I love you and how much I appreciate you. And uh, I think it was, well, I've said this uh, several times, but last week I said, I think it was last week, uh, we should pray. I encourage us to pray that God will help us to love others like he loves others and like he loves us. And when God is, do, is doing that transformation, we will find that kind of love. I, I grew up in an environment, I grew up in Cal Allen, and I think there was one black family in the entire school system at that when I was there. And uh, so when we started attending uh, uh, Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship, I, had, I didn't have any experience with black people. You know, I, I just didn't grow up around them. And uh, I remember George Washington telling me one time, he invited me over for dinner. George Washington was a guy that was an ex-Black Panther uh, he had a neck about this big. I mean, he was like a, a, a action figure. And I remember one time we we went do what? The Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went over to his home for dinner, and uh, we were just talking. And he said, "You know, I thought all white people looked alike." <laughs> and I said, "Well, George, I thought all black people looked alike too." But as we begin to develop relationships, uh, you know, I, I'm colorblind. I really don't see color. And uh, God places that kind of love in our hearts. And I love you so very much, so very much. So much and I love you so much, too. Well, thank you. And I, I love his voice. He's yeah. got a deep voice. Yes. But uh, I, I didn't really mean to get into to all of that. But, yeah. but just to say how much I love you and, and uh, you are... You are such a, a blessing, and, and I'd kind of forgotten that uh, Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship was sort of a, uh, a model for us, although I didn't really remember. You guys started uh, with a Bible study in your home. We started with a Bible study in our home. Then you guys uh, pioneered and planted and birthed Corpus Christi Christian Fellowship, and we planted the church. But uh, God has also opened tremendous doors for you through the Fellowship International where Pastor Don and his team is going globally, and they are pouring into tens of thousands of pastors. And they, have, they are influencing people with uh, teaching a Christ-centered message, bringing the gospel of Christ where there are other gospels that are, are, are taught, you know. And uh, so did, did you have anything that you would like to share regarding that or... I'll or anything, you, you know. I'll, I'll tell you what, what I'll do is I'm not as fluid as my wife. And my wife is very fluid and she can just kind of go on. I'm not that way. I, I need prompters. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, I, I need starter dope, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, firstly, before I say anything, I just want, to, want you and, and uh, your wife, a precious wife, to know how grateful we are to be here with you. It's been a long time. And uh, the reason it was not because I didn't want to be here, it was because there were just so many things to do. And you know how that is in your own lives. And uh, we, we've been traveling so much. The Lord had given us a word a number of years ago that we should travel. He said, because soon the doors are going to be closed. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking it was going to be totalitarian governments and all that. And I didn't know it would be a virus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so the doors around the world closed. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we weren't. Uh, that's why we weren't here. Not that the doors were closed because of a virus, but because we were going to preach the gospel. Sure. And I always try to find a, a time. And the way the, the way I got this time was because I I was late on my taxes, on uh, filing my income taxes. I so, had to get him out of jail. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, no. So, was, no. so this summer I decided let me take a week vacation, which I have not done, and I don't know when. Uh, I know about yeah. we, we've had a conversation, but anyway, um, Sabbath, take the a Sabbath, Sabbath. take yeah. a Sabbath. Yeah. So okay. I, I enjoyed being off yeah. the, fir the first day I was off. I thought I had committed a sin. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but it was like I was sinning because I wasn't at the office and feeling really bad. And so I took off and then I decided I kind of I think I like being off some. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then I thought I called you and said, we're going to come see you. Yes, sir. And so that's how that happened. Yes. Well, we're, we're so glad that you're here, and thank you. It's, it's an honor. I know there are a lot of places you could be all over the globe, and you chose to be in Kima, Texas today. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life, I think. Wow. You know, I've, I've been to Switzerland. It's the best winter you, you could ever have experience. I've been to Hawaii. It's the best summer, uh, spring you could experience. I've been to Palawan, and it's uh, maybe Palawan and... Um, uh, and uh, Hawaii are, are close. They're close. Uh, the, the worldwide people say Palawan is better. But anyway. <laughs> so, but this is so beautiful. I, I absolutely love it. Love being here. But as we came in to just through a very, very wonderful uh, praise and worship, very wonderful, um, it just really reached deeply in my heart. I, I was worshiping and I saw these pillars here. And I thought, I think these are load-bearing. I was looking, I think, they're, they're, they've got to be load-bearing. They can't be just here for decoration. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, uh, he said it like this, uh, how many here are willing to be pillars? Mm. How many are willing to be pillars? And if you were to say yes, then he would say, then you have to be a load-bearer. <laughs> and so you can't be a pillar uh, without being a load bearer. And I really sensed just uh, that the Lord was saying he, he doesn't want two pillars, three pillars, four pillars. Because when I looked around, I thought, I think I see a pillar there that is a load bearing and one there on the corner. And then there's one there and then there's one there. And then mm -hmm. there are two here, two here. And then there's one here and there and there there and possibly in other places of the building I would say yes wherever the outer wall is and I, I think that is something God is saying to, to Life Fellowship Pastor, that he wants you to not just be beautiful decoration but he wants you to be pillars and you can't be a pillar if you don't bear the load 
and uh, you have to bear burdens. And wanted to just say that in case that uh, I hope that's not too heavy. No. Yeah. Oh well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, no, that's if, good. If, if, if what do you call that? What I just did? Uh, it's a preach. No, it's a figure of speech. What is it? It's, it's, An analogy? No. Or? Anyway, I'll, it'll come to me in a minute. It'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, I didn't mean to do that. It just happened. Spontaneous. Yes. If I had uh, meant to do that, I would have failed. But uh, but it, it's uh, you have to be load-bearing, all right? Say it again. Oh. Yes, yes, I think that's right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, absolutely. I wanted somebody who studied the English book instead of looked at it to, <laughs> to say that. Also, Pastor, um, uh, there's something I'm thinking about. You're, you're teaching in uh, James, and James is one of those books that, that James you know, starts out kind of slapping you around, so I stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, pa Paul addresses something that James does. He says mm -hmm. to us that you are the temple of the living God. Mm -hmm. And that has really informed my life, that you are the temple of the living God. When I parents were in the vicinity, I always acted better. <laughs> and to know that you and I are temples of God and God actually lives in us. I know that sometimes that is a distant thought that God lives in us. We almost, we conduct our lives as though he doesn't. But Paul says that you are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall, will be my people. They shall be my people. And so Paul then says something to us, and I think it's, it's so important. He says, come out, uh, for, therefore, as a, re, as a result of God being in you, and then you being God's house, God's dwelling place. He says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Uh, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. So I think that, that if we are going to follow James' uh, admonition, we have to recognize that we're really a special people. Uh, so many times I've, I've heard believers say things like, oh, I, when they're talking to unredeemed people, they'll say, well, I'm just like you. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I mean, it's such, such a wrong statement. You know, no, I'm not just like you. I'm a human being. You know, but they don't take it like that. They mean that you all you have the same character and, and makeup. So I think that if we're going to follow uh, the words of James, and, and you're, you're teaching, you said I think you said you've t taught eight verses already. Eight yes, verses. Yes, sir. And so, if we, if you're looking at that, then we have to come to the conclusion, uh, the, the realization that God has called us out for something special. When I saw you here this morning and felt you and said hi to so many, I was thinking how, how special this place is. And, you know, sometimes people might think that you, you need thousands of people for it to be special, but it's not. It's very, very special. Uh, some of my most treasured moments and times are when we were your size. I knew everybody. And uh, when we prayed, I could touch everybody. But today, if I touched everybody and we prayed, it would take all day. <laughs> And, 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 and it's not like I'm happy, I'm, I'm sad. Mm. So we have raised up a great number of people who can help touch everybody. And so that, that's what is so, so very, very powerful. And the way you do that is knowing that God is in you, knowing that you are God's house, God's dwelling place, so you want to keep it clean. Mm. And you don't keep it clean by your own strength 
you keep it clean by doing everything God tells you. You know how mom would, would say, okay, this is how you sweep the floor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and my, my, I remember one time sweeping in my grandmother's house. I was in a hurry. And I think she had commandeered me and because I tried to run away from grandma every time. <laughs> I did. And it was terrible. But I did. <laughs> and, I, and, she, and I would sweep. And she said, no, you're, you're sweeping up dust. You don't sweep like that. She, I remember you know, rebuking me really sharply. So in God's house, we, we have to also be, uh, be cleaners. And we're always cleaning the house and tidying the house. This is God's house. And one of the, the things I think that we sometimes fail in is obedience. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to, to follow James' admonition, we have to be obedient people to God. And so uh, knowing that you are the temple of God, knowing that God lives in you, and then being obedient, what does that mean? It means you don't get to make it up as you go. And so you, God is prescribed. You know, some things are described and others are prescribed. And uh, I find the word of God sometimes being a description of something that happened. But most often it's a prescription of, uh, that I have to take every day. Mm. And so I, in this, I think just um, knowing that God, for example, wanting, uh, is offering pillarship. Yeah, yeah. You got fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, whenever yeah. I try, I bum out, right? But God, God wants, wants us to be pillars. Yeah. So since does. God wants us to be pillars, we, we ought to volunteer and say, I want to be a pillar. And then, and then knowing that you're going to have to carry the weight, knowing that you'll have to obey the Lord. Yeah. And so I, I think that that is something that, that really uh, speaks to me today, is walking out what you're preaching by obeying by not making it up as I go, by uh, Jesus saying to, um, Jesus said to, uh, uh, just a second here, Je Jesus said to uh, the Pharisees in John chapter 8, he said that uh, I always do those things that please my Father. Hmm. And I remember a number of years ago when I read that, I, I was shocked. I thought, always? I'd read that a hundred times maybe 500 times. But that time it just jumped off the pages. It just pow, leapt, leapt off the pages. And I thought, I sometimes do those things at least. Yeah. But there's, a, there's an infinite number of points between sometimes and always. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I de desire to be a person who always pleased the Father just like Jesus. And I would never ever desire that if I were to say, I can't do that, it's humanly impossible then if I were to do that, then I would negate what that is saying. Mm. I would deny that. And, and so I think that what God wants us to do is to become not just babes all, all the, always, but, but be mature. And when I, I decided I'm going to be a God pleaser, can, can you imagine, um, and I know some people, you know, their lives are different than, than, than mine has been, but our two children were born healthy children where they had bronchitis, you know, and, and uh, when they were young, but they were healthy. And I, don't, I didn't have to keep changing their diaper. It came mm -hmm. to a, play, a day when I didn't have to change the diapers anymore. I was glad. Mm -hmm. I, I was really glad because it's one thing to change a baby's diaper. But can you imagine a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old, or maybe even a 74-year-old? Uh, can you yeah. imagine changing that diaper? Uh, that would take a special act. For me, yeah. And so, uh, but some of us are like in diapers because we've not gone on to maturity. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll let me take a break and then let you 
Yeah. No, no, that's good. Uh, uh, I was just thinking that um, the the maturity comes from obedience and and from submission, and uh, I think we all probably struggle with this at some point in time of not fully yielding to the Lord and submitting. Uh, you have any thoughts about that? Uh, well, I, you made a comment. I don't know if you were, who you were talking to, but you made a comment about submission and authority. And I said to you just a short while ago, I said, I like that. That's the right order. Because in most circles, you'll hear authority and submission. Authority is never given to you before you submit. And so submission is a beautiful thing that we tend to not like so much. It's our natural man, our natural mm -hmm. humanity that hates submission. It's part of that thing that Satan did when he rebelled, that he didn't want to submit to God. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, we could speculate on a lot of the things, but he was crazy. <laughs> and so you know that sin then makes you insane. Uh, I often say that to our people that make you insane. So why would we hate submission when the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, condescended and became a human being. Mm -hmm. We may think that's lofty, but that's pretty a uh, devolution there, man. <laughs> I mean, that thing, you're going, you're spiraling down to become one of us. Yeah. Kind of, can you imagine wanting to be a squirrel? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine it. But, but he, God became a man as a condescension. He became a man. And uh, uh, he submitted to the will of God the Father to become a man. Now, here he did, he gave up, uh, at that juncture, he gave up his omnipotence. He, was, he wasn't all-powerful. He was a baby. They had to be changed. The diaper had to be changed. Had to be bathed and cleaned and whatever. Uh, and it had to be fed. He gave up the omnipotence for that. That's a great condescension. He gave up omniscience, all, knowing everything. He gave it up. Now, the way he knows things is through prayer, supplication talking to God. That's how you found out things. Mm -hmm. And so submission is a huge uh, uh, benefit to us if we want to mature. Now, if we don't want to mature, I don't think we grasp God. We don't mm -hmm. grasp who he is and, and what he is to us. I want to mature because I want to be like him. The scripture says that we are, that, uh, that uh, we are, we, when we see him, we shall be like him. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it says when he when he comes. How does that go in, in First John three? Can you help me? No. Okay, it says, "Beloved, now are we the sons of God." I love you. Well, it says, "Now are we the sons of God." It does not appear what we shall be, but we, but this we know, or something like that. One of the verses that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So so that's First uh, John chapter three, uh, verses one through three. So we will be like him. So we should want to be like him. So Jesus is always talking to the Father to be like him. Mm -hmm. So we cannot be like him unless we are talking with him, reading his word, and remembering his word too. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so, we, so we, we have to, to do that. So Jesus submitted first to the will of God the Father. Yeah. Not only did he do that, he submitted in everything. It's not like Jesus doesn't have a will. It's not like you and I don't have a will, but we give our will over to God. We, we, we cause our will to submit to his will. Mm -hmm. so, you, so it's almost like talking to yourself saying, all right, buddy, you're going to submit. 
Yeah. I mean, I've done that before. Yeah. You're going to submit. When I first moved to South Texas, there was this guy. I don't know. It seems like his last name was Rodriguez. Uh, and, uh, but he was, he was just a very unforgettable character. He would fast and pray. And, and uh, we were, I just met him. And somebody was cooking food and it was smelling really good. And he said, you want that, don't you, body? And, and he said, just for that, you're going to fast one more day. <laughs> and, and we have to be somewhat like that, you know, yeah. uh, submitting to God's will. God's will is not always so easy. Sometimes I've wrestled with him. And, and we were speaking of, of obedience, and then I would like to say disobedience. Uh, hold me on disobedience. Okay. It's, it's uh, when I was 34 years old. Okay. And... Uh, and, and, okay, okay. No, I was 34 years okay. old, and I disobeyed God. Okay. Told, asked me to fast. Okay. 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 So don't let me forget okay. that. Okay. All right. So um, sometimes when you start to get older, your, your file thickens, and uh, there's a lot on your hard drive, and you can't always call that stuff up. <laughs> That's why I did that. <laughs> so, so in, anyway, in, with Jesus, Jesus, uh, in his submission, he had to cause his will uh, to, to bow to God's will. He had a will, and you see that even in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not that he doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to drink the cup. I mean, he thinks, I don't want to drink the cup. Because we have to ask yourself, what's in the cup? And sometimes we have to ask ourselves that as well. Well, what's our sin? Separation. Separation. The first time in the history of God, there's going to be a separation. Hmm. He said, whoa, whoa. Whoa. So he pauses. He prays once. Prays twice. And three times. And he, he concludes, this is the will of God. It's not what I want. It's what you want. And so if we're going to be mature, we must come to the place. It's not what I want. It's what you want. And, yeah. and so we live our lives for the, the will and the glory and the pleasure of another. Jesus lived his entire life for the will of another. And that's what John chapter 8, verses 28, 29 uh, tell us. And so if, if you and I don't want to live our life for the one who died for us, then we obviously don't know him. So that's what maturity is like. That's tough stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Tough yes. stuff. Now, to start talking about obeying the Lord, uh, I've, I've been, uh, I've had some tough times trying to obey. You know, it's like... Um, I better not tell that. I'm trying to obey your story. I will leave that one alone, I think. I'm trying to obey your story. That's the one I was tempted to talk about. My wife is here. Oh, okay. All right. Um, but back when I was 34 years old, back, way back, when I was 34 years old, it was 1981, and, and uh, the Lord, I had a dream one afternoon, and in this dream, um, an angel was talking with me. And normally in my dreams, I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. And I hate it. I hate the dream. I mean, come on. You know, Lord, I'm tough. I'm strong, you know. But I'm always the scaredy cat. But in this dream, I was not. An angel spoke to me in the dream and said, you are to fast for 42 days. And I said, you are not from God. You get out of here. <laughs> so I was strong, and I was fighting that angel with my words. <clears throat> and uh, the angel said, three fourteens or 42. And so... You know, not being the math genius that you are, I, I, was, I woke up immediately and I was trying to, 
to multiply three times four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew three times 12 is 36. I mean, I yeah. got that. But we stopped at 12. We didn't go to 14. <laughs> and so I'm going, three times four is 12 plus one to carry. You know, and, I, and, I, and, I, and the first words out of my mouth was, Lord, I can't do that. I can fast 42 days. It will kill me. And for eight years, I disobeyed God. Mm. For eight years. I didn't grow much in those eight years, even though I was making a lot of motion and doing a lot of things, movement. I'm going to say I didn't grow very much because I was in disobedience. Mm. Mm. I was in disobedience. Sure, you grow a little bit here and there, but yeah. it, was, it was not what it should have been. And when I was and in, the, in, the eight, in that in eight years, in the eighth year after he told me that, I said, I'm going to obey you, even if it kills me. And I meant that. And uh, I thought, man, I'd always, since I was in the third grade, fasted. I fasted for one day. I begged my mom, let me fast. She said, no, you're too young. Go on. I said, no, mother, please. She said, go on. You're, you're too young. And I started to cry. I don't know if you have children, young children. When they started to cry, it may just mean they're trying to get their way, right? So I just cried and fell all down on the floor and cried and cried. So I got up and said, okay, you know, like stop that. And so I fasted for a day. And so I'd always fasted since I was about third grade, one, two, three days. So, but I thought any more longer than third, three days, I'll die. Mm. So I said, I'm going to do it if it kills me. And I did. Uh, and this is an obedience and maturity, how we mature. We don't mature doing what we've always done. If you yeah. want to be the best, you've got to do what the, the best the re, uh, that you know of refuses to do. Mm. And so I started to fast, uh, and I thought I might die on it. And on the seventh day, I was so weak. Uh, I was just drinking agua, solamente agua, mm -hmm. and so just water. And so... Uh, I was drinking this water and I said, God, I, I can't do it. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to disappoint you. I can't do it. And he said, have a little juice. I want you to fast, not kill yourself. So I got about a half of this of juice, maybe a little apple juice, about half that. And I drank. Oh, I revived. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, Lord, I've, I finished mm -hmm. fasting today. No, I've started to fast today. I will finish it, but I'm not going to promise you tomorrow. So on the eighth day, I, I woke up. I said, okay, Lord. Since I woke up today, and I'm, I've already been fasting, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to promise you tomorrow. And I did that until the 13th day. No, the 13th day. And on the 13th day, the Holy Spirit, God spoke to me. And he said, there is, he said, there is, because I felt strong. Mm -hmm. Like I had never been fasting. Like I'd been eating the best steaks all every day. Uh, or the best chicken or whatever you eat. Yeah. And so I, I, he said. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> the best pizza. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay. So he, sorry said, he said to me, Now there's nothing that can happen to you in the universe that I can't get you through. Hmm. And, and so I, fa I finished that 14 day fast. I finished the second one. And then I finished the third one uh, in, in April of 1990. And, and, and what, what is so amazing about God. When you obey God, you don't have to know why you're obeying God. Mm -hmm. You're obeying God because he's God. Yeah. And, and it just matures you. And also on the last of that, those fasts, um, I called a friend of mine, Kenneth Wright. You remember Kenneth Wright, mm -hmm. the pastor? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big guy. Big guy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like us. Kind of like you and me. 
Put together. Put together. <laughs> Plus right. one more. Yeah. So yeah. he said, I said, call him out. He would fast all the time. He would laugh at me because I can only fast three days. He would just laugh and said, are you, are you going on a three-day fast anytime soon? <laughs> you know, and we'd laugh because he would go on these 21-day fasts and 40-day fasts and just drink water, nothing. Of course, he had a lot of, lot of other support. Support. Yeah, right. And, and you know, like the bear that eats all the food and, and goes into the cave. Uh -huh, yeah, I remember. But, but he was... He would laugh at me, so I called him up to let him know I was going to go on out in 14-day fast, and I had about four gallons of water, four or five gallons of water in the car. I said, hey, Elder, I'm going out to fast, and I'm going to fast for, uh, uh, for a while. He said, I'm going with you. I thought, oh, God, why did I open my big mouth? He was a good friend of mine. And I said, oh, why did I open my, open my big mouth? I said, I hate I open my big mouth because I wanted to be alone with you. And I said, look, you don't need to go because you're, you haven't told your wife. It doesn't matter. She'll understand. I said, no, no. But what about the lady who's staying with you, Mother Williams, an older lady, mm -hmm. maybe an 85 or 90-year-old woman? I said, why? No, she, they'll, they'll be upset. Uh, I'm going to go on. He said, come by the house and get me. I'll be ready. I'm going with you. I'm so disappointed. And so, so I, and I told him this story, too. I told him this story. And so... We drove up to this place, a lake house on Lake Mathis, where we were um, um, uh, going to fast that day. And we fasted and prayed like I'd never fasted and prayed. Uh, we would pray for two hours before we stopped, four hours, and then later on before we would stop, six hours. And then some one of us had the, the, the wonderful idea that we would pray 12 hours on our knees because we mm. thought God wanted that. Mm. I mean, if you have never done that, mm. it's tough. Mm. Sure, but we did imagine. it because we thought God wanted it. Sure. And then at the end, I, I asked him, how, how old are you? He said, I'm 34. And the Holy Spirit said, you were 34 when you disobeyed me. Oh, wow. And I told you, he says, and you are now 42, the number that I gave you a day oh. of fast. Wow. And he said, and the number of you, the difference in your age and your friend's age are eight years. The difference is eight years. And so, so what God was showing me was that his hand had been on me, even in my disobedience, but to bring me to obedience. Hmm. And so I, I want to say that obedience will cost you, but it's worth it. And it will mature you. And then you begin to see things like God sees. You'll begin to see things that you never saw before. Even when you read the Bible, you go, God, are you serious? You mean to tell me this is in that verse? Mm -hmm. And you've read it all your life. Yeah. Because when you mature, God can trust you with more. And everybody wants to be mature. How would you have to be married to somebody immature? Now, don't look around. It's terrible dealing with immature immature people and so God wants us to mature because he can trust us with more give us more responsibility he'll extend your your authority he will let you in on divine secrets it's amazing what God will do and so that I was so hurt that mm. I I felt like I was dying mm. you know I, that I disobeyed God for eight years yeah and, and, and I was so glad. Now, may I tell you another story before sure. you ask me another question? Sure. Uh, is it time to quit? No. Uh, well, well, we're getting close. We've got we're, a few more minutes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, um, it was um, when I was 60 years old, 
I know I probably look like I'm about 45. Yeah, you do. Yeah. About 45, right? Yeah. So, Somebody, you want to pray for me, right? <laughs> but when I was 60 years old, which was 14 years ago, um, it would be 15 years ago this uh, February, and I said to my wife, I said, Mark, um, the Lord wants me to fast. I hadn't fasted in a long time. And he said, I said, the Lord wants me to fast, and I'm going to fast. And she said, well, when are you going to start? I said, on Thursday, which would be February the 28th of that year. And I said, I'm going to fast on Thursday. And so she said, okay, so I was getting some things ready. And I asked the Lord, how long do you want me to fast? And I heard a voice, <clears throat> like, I mean, really, it seemed audible, but it wasn't audible. Mm -hmm. But I heard this voice, 40 days, like that. I thought, this is the devil. I said, this is the stinking devil. <laughs> he's, he's trying to kill me. <laughs> he knows I can't do it. See, when you start to mature, God will require things of you beyond your wildest dream, but he will help you. And so I thought, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm doing that. So my wife asked me, I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> because I'm thinking, I'm not going to tell her I'm going to fast for 40 days and fast for 10 and ever. <laughs> or uh, because I lose weight so fast when I'm fasting. And so when I'm looking like robust like I'm looking now, you know, I've been eating. <laughs> So uh, I was, so one, a sister in the church asked, Pastor, because I told them, I'm going to be going on a fast. Because I, I knew I didn't, if I fast for 10 days, I might lose 20 pounds, 25 pounds. So I, I didn't want to do that. Let them think I was sick or something. Because they really worried about me. And uh, they didn't worry about me when I was in my 40s and 50s. No, they worried about me. So uh, uh, I, I, the sister came to me and said, ask, are you going to fast 40 days? I said, no, don't say that. Don't tell anybody that. I'm not going to. No, no, don't tell anybody that. She, and she said, okay, I won't tell anybody, Pastor. And so the, the next day, I said, God, do you know how long you want me to fast? I heard again the same voice, 40 days. I thought, God, this can't be God. He knows I can't do it. Hmm. And so the, another sister came up to me and said, Pastor, how long are you going to be fasting? 40 days? Said, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> don't tell anybody that. I don't know yet. <laughs> and I said, God, you can't fast for me. I'm not going to tell the church because what if I don't make it? It's going to look bad in following a leader who can't obey God. <laughs> and so I didn't. And I started out, Pastor. And on day 31, I was as strong as I am right now. Mm. And, and so God, and I did fast 40 days. But I'm saying, as you mature, don't fear the things that God requires of you. And I only tell that to say that at the end of the 40 days, I thought, I was so excited, I thought, man, I never wanted to fast 40 days. I never. I thought that's, no, leave that to Moses and Elijah <laughs> and Kenneth Wright. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want that, not me, yeah. whatever. But on the last day, it was 2 o'clock in the evening. I had four more hours to go. And I walked, I walked into the room. I had been so weak on day 36, 37, 38. I thought I was going to literally die. I thought I was going to die. I'll tell you this quick, quickly. I said, Lord, I've always told your people that, Je that, Jesus, that Peter walking on the water 
it was a miracle, but it wasn't so much that he walked on water. I said, I've always told them Peter didn't so much walk on water. He walked on your word. Mm. I said, because when you come, we're going to fly up to meet you or walk on air. So it's your word that Peter, that caused Peter to walk on the impossible. Mm -hmm. I said, if I've been wrong, if I've taught them wrong, wrongly, I said, I'm going to, I want to die here. Mm -hmm. I'd rather die than go out again if I've misled your people. I said, now God, I don't want to die. I, I want you to understand I don't want to die. <laughs> I did it like that. I said, but if I've lied to them, I'd rather die than walk out here. I was strengthened. And on day 40, when I was sitting there, I thought, wow, I fasted for 40 days. 40 days and nights, not a drop of food, not one bit. I thought, wow. And that, the scripture came to me, man, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, proceeds from out of the mouth, mouth of God. Yeah. And then the words of God were this. This is, this is wild. He said, I thought, surely God will open the heavens. And I'll see Jesus on the throne. And I'll see angels. But you know what he said? Now you've obeyed me. Hmm. That's yeah. what he said. Wow. And so my life has been characterized by just really endeavoring to do whatever he says. And this is how maturity happens. Yeah. You have to go beyond those human possibilities. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or human impossibilities. When you, it, oh, this is impossible. You don't believe that. You believe God, because if, if Don Lavelle can do that, anyone can. Anyone can. And so uh, maybe that's all, unless you have one more minute left. I do have a minute left. <laughs> so whatever you want. Well, and, and I think that that really just ties into trust, faith and trust, because we're trusting the Lord because we have this relationship with him. And we hear and recognize that small, still voice, or sometimes not so small, still voice, right, when God is really speaking to us. But I think that's really awesome. I think that is the key to, to our, uh, our growth and maturity, and even our intimacy with the Lord is, is just obedient. And, God, and he, will, he will also require meekness and humility from you. You know how you, you you ever wanted to just punch somebody since you were saved? You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll raise my hand for you. I mean, I've just wanted to punch a couple of three people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and, and that's uh, called laying hands laying on people. Hands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a proper application, but yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. So if somebody ever lays hands on you, they go, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know what happened. But but I I wanted to do that, but because. We, even in the church, we sort of look down on people who are too meek. We mm. think that they're weak. But meekness and weakness are not synonyms. Mm. And uh, God, God will make you more meek. Moses was the meekest man on the, earth, on the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And he had a, the biggest congregation I know of, even bigger than Cho. Mm -hmm. Pastor Cho. Yeah. Yeah. Moses and Jesus. So humble. Rode into Jerusalem, the Messiah, God Himself, riding on a donkey. You know, we would have ridden the best stallion we had. Mm -hmm. Big, all solid white stallion or solid black stallion. Riding in. Riding in, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but He rode on a donkey. And you can tell when you start to be humble, uh, God be humble. You won't brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, 
things don't matter so much. Your, your reputation doesn't matter. I mean, as far as being weak, it won't yeah. matter. One, of the, one thing that, that is tough for pastors sometimes to get over, when, they, when your heart is breaking for people and you're so easy, easy, people say, well, pastor's kind of weak. Mm. You know, yeah. you don't want them to think you're weak. Yeah. So you want to act out so they'll think yeah. you're strong. But when you do those human, those things that humans think are, uh, humans think are strong, then you're weak. Mm. You know, because God, Jesus, the, the Messiah, washed his disciples' feet. And I understand Peter. If he had come to me, I would have said, no, you're not going to watch these 13s. <laughs> you yeah. know, you can't, I, got, I would have been like Peter. Yeah. You know, because I wouldn't have understood. Yeah. And then he washed the feet. And uh, after he got through dying for him, one day on the Sea of Galilee, he was cooking breakfast for him. And those things are, that, that's, can you imagine the meekness of Jesus? God of the universe, he has nothing to prove. And when you become more like him, you have nothing to prove. Hmm. And, I, and so I just, I, I love you and, and thank, uh, you. thank you so much for the opportunity just to kind of Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you very much for sharing your heart with us. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. There, you know, when, when I'm talking with Pastor Don, sometimes I don't realize the depth and the gold nuggets that are there till maybe I spend a little time reflecting on, on what you've said. And uh, I just so appreciate your heart. Uh, I so appreciate your love for, for the Lord your example, your humility. Uh, you, you know, our core scriptures, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for equipping the saints so that we come into unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son so that we become what? Mature in the Lord. And uh, Pastor Don doesn't like to to be told this or, or, or have this label on him, but he is truly an apostle. Uh, you know, I'm always leery if someone goes around saying, I'm an apostle so-and-so. Well, you know, is that a self-proclaimed? <laughs> but uh, this man is, is truly an apostle of, of God. And uh, I so appreciate you, your, your investment into our lives, uh, your work for the kingdom. Uh, and he won't tell you this, but he is in, influential in tens of thousands of pastors, pastor directly and indirectly. And... Uh, you know, he's even an influence in your life because he has influenced us. And we're so thankful for you for the work that you've done and are doing and will continue to do. Thank you, Pastor. And, uh, Thank you, Pastor. I, I honor you and, and love you so much. And I've seen your tender heart even, you know, from the time that you, you gave uh, Jerry Kemp a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, yes, he's such, such a tender man. And, uh, you want to tell that story? We have we have a time for one more story, or not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't tell that story. Well, you have to now. Yeah, you have to now. She'll have to tell that story. Yeah. No, go ahead. It was it was at your your dad's funeral, right? Uh, was it at my dad's funeral? Yeah. I think, okay. Yeah. And we were in that old schoolhouse. Yes. Okay. And and, and I said something like, I I think. Did you give me a kiss on the cheek? Uh, probably. Right? Yeah, and gave me a kiss on the cheek. I said, hey, man. And this is not a gay thing, okay? <laughs> Let, let's be clear. This is I not said, gay. hey, man. We're just no. messing with each other. I said, yeah. hey, man. Oh, now, said, now Jerry said, Kemp, I, he was a... A Marine he, colonel. Yeah. 30-year Marine colonel. Yeah, I mean, he's somebody that was licensed to kill, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. 
And he was very strong, sir. Yeah. <laughs> he was our church treasurer. And so I said, I bet you won't kiss Jerry on the cheek. He says, yes, I will. And he walked up and Jerry said, hi, Jerry. And he kissed him on the cheek. And I, I was waiting to see what would happen. <laughs> I was waiting to see what was going to happen. Am I going to survive this? Am I going to be seeing Jesus I mean, he's pretty bold. soon? This man is bold. <laughs> and Jerry just smiled. And Mark was alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and that's pretty much the end of that story. Uh, there was a little more conversation. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a beautiful story. Yeah, but it was yeah. a beautiful. Story. Always been good, tender-hearted, loving God, and loving His people, okay. and just keep doing that. And uh, God has great things for you. I, he, you're already doing great things, by the way. Uh, don't ever think that that uh, your greatness is going to be one up one day in the future. This is great. Um, I have experienced the presence of the Lord here powerfully uh, from the very moment praise and worship started. Even before that, I was just amazed at how beautiful this place is and how God has given you such a beautiful place to worship him. You know, there are a lot of ugly places around the world. I mean, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Well, we're, we're so appreciative of the Rebickis. They have opened their home to us to, to be able to worship here. and. They said, stay as long as you want. So, uh, but anyway, we, uh, we're really appreciative, and, and I want to thank, thank you, Pastor and, and uh, Sister Morma. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would, would you mind blessing uh, the Life Fellowship family? And then uh, we'll bless, uh, Elizabeth will come up, and we'll sing the blessing over one another. But if you would, uh, and if there's, Anything you, any, anything you want to, anything else you want to share, uh, please. Yeah, we'll just bless them. I'll okay. pray. Amen. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. There's some things I would like to share with you at some juncture, maybe later on okay. in the future or something sure. like that. Sure. But uh, just uh, would like to encourage you. Um, I mean, I... I think sometimes we don't realize just how blessed we are. Later on, you look back on your life, you go, wow, God, I didn't recognize fully the blessing of, um, what is the date? The 19th. The 19th of uh, September. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I didn't realize. 2021. 2021. Oh, 2021. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, so uh, I didn't realize how blessed I was. And, uh, just know that Jesus loves you immensely, and um, he wants fellowship with you, and, um, and a deeper fellowship, and you cannot fellowship with what you're unlike, and so you and I are, are fellowshipping with God, the Father, and I just want to bless you in, all of, in that. Father God, we're so grateful to you for who you are and what you have done. Who you are will never change. And what you have done for us is immutable, unchangeable. We bless your people. We bless this man of God, this woman of God, whom you've placed here. You called them here. And they answered, they obeyed. You said to me, after, eight, after a 40 day and night fast, I didn't see Gabriel blowing his horn nor Michael fighting a war. I didn't see Jesus sitting on the throne, but I did hear these words. Now you've obeyed me. 
And Lord God, I want to thank you that every day of my life I, I live to obey you. And I'm, I bless this house with a spirit, with a desire to obey you. I pray, Lord God, that they would be open to adventures in you. That you would be able to show them divine mysteries. You would be able to reveal secrets to them. Not secrets about their neighbor, but divine secrets. Yes. Lord, you want a mature body because it is only the mature body that can really have a healthy birth. I pray that you would birth much through them, much through them in the name of the Lord. I sense that your desire is to have many children through this fellowship. They all won't stay home. They'll some, they'll grow up and They'll go out, but they'll still be family. But that I sense so strongly, that. And I, I sense strongly that your, your desire is to make sturdy, stable believers. And I know some fight it because they see the way of the world and are somewhat influenced by it. But I pray that today, and I sense strongly that there are many here who are saying, I'm going to listen to the voice of God and I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to obey God just like a young Don Lavelle said, I'm going to obey you if it kills me. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for pillars, those who are saying, I will not think about myself. I will be like Jesus. I will live the rest of my life, the remainder of my life for the will of another for the will of God the Father. And I'm, that is made known to me through Christ Jesus, his son. I thank you for them. I, I sense strength here. I, strength, I sense determination. I, 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 I sense resiliency and transparency. People saying, I want to live a life that is open to others even to the critique of others. I, I want to live that kind of life, a life that God approves of. Lord God, I thank you for them. And, and I thank you. I see a, uh, a movement here, uh, like a movement, a, a moving part. I, I sense that uh, this is a mountain, like a hill, but becoming a bigger hill, a greater hill, but not for the sake of numbers, but because you said for the increase of your government and peace, there'll be no end. And life fellowship is a part of that. I thank you for strengthening families here. And I sense you strengthening families where there's been some tension and disagreement. You're now strengthening families. You're, you're beginning to do that even greater. You've already been doing it, but you're doing it in a greater degree. And, because both father and mother, husband and wife are saying, I want to mature in the Lord. They've raised children to maturity. Now you said, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to be able to trust you with things I can't trust the immature with. So I bless them. And we bless Lord God knowing, knowing that what you have blessed can never be cursed. 
Only things outside of Christ are cursed. And so, Lord, I thank you that each believer here is under the very blessing of God through Jesus Christ. And you will never change that. In the greatest name in the universe, the name of Jesus, we pray and bless. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I'd, I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're here this morning and God is speaking to your hearts and he's drawing you back to him or maybe you've never had a relationship with him. If that's, if that's you, would you slip up your hand here? Anybody here this morning, there's no shame in that. Anybody here? Maybe you're watching online and you're saying, that's me. You know, this, this is all about this relationship. It's all about walking with the Lord. And, and if that's you watching online, would you just pray this prayer? Would you say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I receive you. I receive your grace and your mercy, your forgiveness today. And I thank you that today is a new beginning for me. It's a fresh start. All that old stuff is washed away. And I'm made new. And I thank you for that. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord, I pray for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit to wash over all of us, Lord. But these that are praying this prayer for the first time, Lord, or a rededication, Lord, I pray that as they read your word, it would come alive, that they would have a greater sensitivity to your Holy Spirit, that they would recognize your voice and they would hear your voice and they would choose to obey your voice, Lord and that you will just pour into them in greater measure. And so, Lord God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, and we ask these things not with just words, but with expectation. And we thank you for this word today, and we thank you for the encouragement. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. We thank you for this transformation process that you're doing, that you're changing us from the inside out. And we just ask for your help to yield to you and allow you to do what you want to do. So we ask these things with great expectation, knowing that you can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.